The coronavirus pandemic looks certain to push into 2021. Since it struck, much of what we do and how we do it has changed and continues to change. We're still struggling to adapt, to do things differently, from how schools educate our kids, to how we go to work, from how we eat out, to how we entertain at home. For many of us, it's almost a completely new way to live. There's a lot of pressure that comes with that. We witnessed what happened when bars and restaurants reopened in the summer. Too many people rushed to embrace normalcy again, and we paid the price for it. Still, the craving for a normal lifestyle is understandable. And when it comes to travel, family vacations have to be reworked. Flying seems out of the question for most of us. Staying in a hotel seems just as risky. And taking a cruise is simply not possible because there aren't any to take yet. The travel industry has taken a beating but is working overtime to create safe protocols so that people can find pleasure once more in traveling and enjoy a cathartic and badly needed release. Hello, I'm Chris Henry and this is Ahead of the Curve, a podcast dealing with Salesforce technology and its applications in various industries. Ahead of the Curve is produced by Jarrett, a top Salesforce implementation and consultation partner. In this episode, we'll examine the state of travel right now. We'll also zero in on the cruise industry with our special guest, Andy Stewart, the former CEO of Norwegian Cruise Line. First though, let's get the lay of the land from Ketta Riley, a former cruise industry executive herself, and now the practice lead for the travel and hospitality vertical at Jarrett. Everybody is hurting. They're not seeing anywhere near the numbers that obviously they were predicting once things started opening up and still things are closed. The countries are still closed. And as as long as countries and things are in lockdown, the travel industry will continue to uh, suffer as a result of that until there's a a safe way to travel, whether it's a vaccine, whether it's you know using all of the steps and the guidelines that the CDC is having, travel will continue to really have uh, is taking its toll on 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 them. There's continuous layoffs, closures, things like that that are are still impacting the travel and hospitality industry, and it will continue on being that way till second to third quarter of next of 2021. You know, several of the major U.S. airlines, you know, have announced massive layoffs, thousands of people. What is the airline industry doing? It's really been hammered. What's it doing to create an image that flying is safe and uh, safe enough to try and encourage people to resume travel by air? What is happening now in order to really help the airlines a lot of the airlines and the uh, large carriers are creating these COVID testings at the airport. For instance, in um, California, to get to Hawaii, you could take a, um, because there's a quarantine of 14 days, and to alleviate that, if you if you come in with a, a test result of a negative, they, they're either going to reduce the days of quarantine or they're not they're going to lift the quarantine but you have to present this test these rapid results tests aren't free you know you have to pay out of pocket now i guess the debate is who's going to pay out of pocket the 
airline? Is it the airports to get people to, you know, to go in and out? Is it the hotel destinations or is it a combination? So they are testing it on several airports now that they're reporting that you are able to, in New York, you're able to take a test before you board a plane to go to London. In London, you'll be able to hopefully avoid a 14-day quarantine. This is all in an effort to go ahead and try to boost the, the, you know, the travelers to go into some of these destinations. The hotel industry has seen some improvement in room vacancy rates, but it's been spotty and largely hotels continue to struggle. Some have already been forced to close and Cattaraly doesn't see this changing anytime soon. This will be the way it is right for right now until there's a vaccine or a safe way. Right now, the only thing that hotels can do is manage to tell the tourists and the customers how they're keeping the hotels clean, how they are practicing social distancing, how you have to be with masks in public areas. And that's really the only thing right now that is being implemented, being ca- constantly being sanitized. Things like that, that, you know, the guidelines that, you know, the CDC are putting out there is what they are enforcing. Other than that, there's really nothing else they, you know, they can do. The, the hotels are, are open. I don't think they're fully staffed in some cases, but they are practicing the social distancing in their, inter- you know, in their restaurants, in the pool areas. You know, we've seen a couple of hotels making sure that they make the the customers feel confident that they can trust them that all of these areas are are being looked after and being kept sanitized and cleaned the way that they should be. So hotels and airlines continue to struggle, but the hardest hit of all has to be the cruise industry. COVID outbreaks seem to occur aboard ships almost every day back in February, and by March, the industry had ceased sailing altogether. To make matters worse for cruise lines, they didn't qualify for any U.S. federal government support, since none of them is headquartered in the United States. The companies have lost billions in revenue, and some of them have been selling their ships for scrap. For a real perspective on the industry and its chances of survival, we turn to Andy Stewart, who was the CEO of Norwegian Cruise Line until the end of 2019. Norwegian is one of the biggest in the world. Andy spent more than 30 years at Norwegian. His final act as CEO was the delivery of the Norwegian Encore, the fifth in a series of five new ships commissioned by Norwegian and built at shipyards in Germany. That occurred at the end of November 2019, several months before the pandemic forced all cruise ships into port. I asked Andy if he thought the industry could survive, let alone return to its previous levels of prosperity before the pandemic. So, yeah, I mean, I've been in the industry a long time. I've seen a lot of challenges to the to the cruise industry during that period. And uh, this is clearly the most substantial that the industry has faced. But I have no doubt that, that the industry will come back It'll and, and will come back strongly. And, and I don't say that flippantly because it is a very uh, it is a very deep challenge that the industry faces today. But I the, the reason I speak with confidence is because I know how much the consumer loves the product. There is a real passion for cruising among those who have cruised. And uh, you see it, you know, I'm obviously connected to a lot of cruisers through my career in the industry. And 
you see the passion for them to get back out to sea. So that's one reason. The value for money is very clear for the experience. So I think this combination of very high guest satisfaction, great passion for the product, great value for money, tells me that the consumer will want to cruise again in spite of the challenges that this particular health crisis has brought to the travel industry more broadly and specifically to the cruise industry. But mm. I, I believe there's tremendous work going on to ensure that generally people are safe. And, you know, as you drill, drill down into the cruise space, that the, the cruise experience is continues to deliver a very high satisfaction, but also delivers the health and safety that will be the, the kind of final piece of the puzzle to bring cruisers back on board. So in your mind, what, what do you think are some of the short-term uh, hurdles that have to be overcome to bring uh, consumers back to cruising? Um, there are many, many regulatory channels, uh, challenges, and it, it's, it's complex because you know, there isn't one regulatory body that is overseeing everything. You clearly have the CDC playing a very important role in cruising in U.S. waters, but you know the cruise industry cruises all over the world. So you have governments, you have health organizations around the world, all of whom uh, will take a view of a cruise ship arriving into their jurisdictions. And so the regulatory piece is the very first piece. Um, countries and uh, regions have to say, yeah, we're going to welcome you into uh, our port. So that's the shortest term challenge that the industry faces. They have to be welcomed back uh, into ports around the world. So I, I, I kind of start there. And then we have to rebuild consumer confidence. Um, the consumer has to believe it's safe. Uh, this is an industry that appeals to an older demographic who have been disproportionately impacted by this the specific health crisis. And the industry has to give all consumers, but particularly those consumers, confidence that uh, this is a safe vacation for them. And uh, that is a necessary condition of cruisers coming back in the volume that the industry will need ultimately in order to return to the kind of profitable business it was pre-COVID. The cruise industry derives more than $32 billion each year from the U.S. market, over 70% of global revenue. The industry has gone out of its way to create and maintain a strong relationship with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, because the CDC holds the key to resuming operations to and from U.S. ports. Yeah, so the, the CDC has a very important role and currently has a no-sale order in U.S. waters. So today, if the industry believed it was safe, and had all the protocols they believed were uh, appropriate and the consumer believed it was safe and wanted to book and wanted to sell next week, the CDC is saying, no, we're not going to allow you to do that. And uh, the, the, there were many challenges in the early stages of this virus that were not fully understood by anyone, quite frankly. And uh, as a result of that, I believe the industry was in the very center of the challenges at the beginning. And uh, as a result of that, there were some difficult moments with the CDC as everyone was trying to understand the situation. And so it's very important now that there is a, a very positive, constructive dialogue with the CDC presenting uh, health and safety protocols so that the CDC get comfortable that there will be no 
recurrence of what happened in the very early stages of this virus. And I believe that dialogue is ongoing. And uh, I think there's great optimism now that there is a positive, constructive conversation that will result in that no-sale order being lifted. Now, the timing of that is uncertain at this point. But, you know, one hopes sooner rather than later, there will be uh, confidence driven through those dialogues between uh, industry and CDC that uh, has an opening of the cruise industry in U.S. waters. A Norwegian Cruise Line was instrumental in establishing something called the Healthy Sailing Panel. What's its role in this crisis? This is a very new phenomenon, COVID-19, as you know. And as I was saying previously, there was very little understood at the beginning because clearly it was brand new. Every day, I think there is more uh, learning that helps industry, the medical community, individuals, uh, really uh, governments really understand uh, what the impact of this is and how to prevent it uh, and how to deal with it in the event it has not been prevented. And I believe the cruise industry generally and specifically Royal Caribbean and Norwegian Cruise Line partnered together to put together this healthy sail panel. And they brought in experts, the very experts at the very pinnacle of their uh, field uh, in order to develop health and safety protocols to ensure that when cruising starts up, it will be safe for the health of consumers who choose that experience. And the profile of the panel is very, very high. You know, the, the former head of the, the former commissioner of the FDA is one of the uh, leaders of the panel. And they have spent a lot of time with experts across every relevant field saying, okay, how do we deal with every stage of the experience to ensure that we do everything we can to A, prevent the virus getting onto the ship and B, if in the event the virus gets onto the ship, how are we going to deal with it? How are we going to prevent spread? How are we going to ensure the best possible treatment is available for guests? And how do we, uh, how do we mitigate any negative impact of this virus across the whole guest experience? And uh, it's uh, impressive, I think, that um, the Royal and Norwegian have taken the output from this and they've published it and they've said, hey, listen, this is what we see as the gold standard of health and safety protocols in order to deliver a health and healthy and safe experience. And, you know, any cruise line adopts it and examine it and they've given it to the CDC to say, hey, listen, take a look, tell us if you think there's something we've missed and then also looked at other processes that other cruise lines have gone through to say, hey, did you think of something we didn't in order that the industry ultimately really pulls together to make sure that really everything has been thought of and everything has been considered based on the knowledge that we have today. It's been a big investment. It's been very thoughtfully executed in my view and uh, you know, anticipate that this, this is really the beginning of new protocols that will uh, allow cruising to resume. We know that a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, but Andy doesn't believe that's going to be a problem with cruise operators. You know, I, I think there will always be oversight, but it, there's no question in my mind it's in the cruise industry's interest broadly to execute flawlessly against uh, these protocols. And, you know, as a gold standard operator, you're only as good as your least good operator. 
So I think it is in the interest of the industry to publish these protocols, and it's in the interest of the industry to really ensure every opportunity is given for every cruise line to have all the knowledge in order that they simply have to execute against a plan versus everyone developing their own plan in different ways. So I think the industry is doing it the right way. I, I think for sure there will be oversight and the CDC are going to require certain things that they will be policing against, as will other bodies in other jurisdictions. But I, I do think the industry as a whole has really stepped up and said, listen, we're going to get ahead of this. We're not going to wait for someone to say, hey, here's what you need to do. We're going to really figure out what's the most we can do and then figure out how you do more than that. And um, that has been the attitude that I've seen from the outside uh, looking in and, and expect there to be pretty good execution against that. Now, would one, one of those steps be to, to really ramp up testing prior to sailing? I mean, is that the answer to not only restoring faith amongst the general public, but also to keep the virus off the ships? Yeah, I mean, yeah, testing is a critical component. There's absolutely no question. And there will be broad and uh, widespread testing because it's not just passengers, it's also crew. So yes, there will be significant testing. I think the sophistication of testing is very, very rapidly improving. And the timing for a timing and uh, accuracy of results is very rapidly uh, improving. And so almost every day, the ability for industry broadly to effectively test uh, is increasing. And uh, the cruise industry is already operating in Europe with a process that tests every single guest before they board the ship and every single crew member before they board and multiple tests for crew during the cruise. And so far, that process has seem, seems to be working pretty effectively. So there's no doubt in my mind, testing is a critical component of return to a safe cruise experience. And technology is helping that as, as the uh, uh, availability, speed, and efficacy of testing is, uh, is improving almost daily. So with the strongest possible protocols in place, and assuming the CDC believes the industry has done all it can to ensure passenger safety, when does Andy think cruise ships can begin sailing again in numbers? Well, I mean, there are some big ships already sailing in a very small way in Europe. And early indications are that the protocols that have been implemented by those predominantly European lines have been effective. So given that piece of information and what looks like a improving dialogue with CDC here in the US and tremendous learnings and the completion of the healthy sail panel, I do think it's possible you could see cruising uh, in the US by the end of the year. Not, not a lot, but I do think you could start to see some early sailings that start to get the ball rolling. And then it's, uh, it will be a process because there's, there's no way to just simply push a button and all the ships are back sailing again. So each line will introduce in a staggered way ships over time. And I think that process will take place during 2021. And, you know, depending on how smoothly the early days go, it will depend on the speed that ships are able to, you know, cruise lines are able to reintroduce ships across their fleets. So I think it's difficult to predict how fast you get to the end game, but I believe and hope very much that it could start in uh, 
in North America by the end of the year. We're all used to seeing the TV commercials for cruising. Lots of families having the time of their lives, plenty of onboard activities for kids and adults, beautiful scenery. But will that tried and true marketing message be enough to lure consumers back to the ships? Well, I mean, there's no question it's going to include a, a health and safety component. It's not, you know, historically, it's not what you leave with. It's uh, the experience, it's the fun, it's the food, it's the destinations, it's, you know, those elements of the experience. But there's, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, early stage cruise marketing is going to include a very strong message about health and safety. It's going to be important to give cruisers confidence. You know, just after this thing started, I think one of the best ads I saw was a Walmart ad. And it was all about safety. It was all about social distancing, mask wearing, what employees were doing to clean and ensure everything was pristine for shoppers. It was nothing about the price or the food or the, you know, the quality of the goods. It was all about a shopper's experience, being able to go into the shop and, and have an experience where you're going to come out without infection. And so uh, I think that will carry into cruise in the early days. And then we'll see. We'll see how fast life sort of returns to a sense of normality with everything else that comes as to how long that that health and safety message remains uh, at the forefront of marketing versus in the middle or towards the end. That will be an interesting, uh, interesting case study to see how that develops. The travel industry believes there is great pent-up demand among the general public to fly, stay in hotels, and relax on cruise ships once again. And the industry is probably not wrong in that assessment. If cruise lines can demonstrate that cruising is safe again, it could be the equivalent of a vaccine for the travel industry as a whole, and cruise lines in particular. God knows the patient could use it. You've been listening to Ahead of the Curve, produced by Gerrit in cooperation with Salesforce. We'd like to give special thanks to Andy Stewart, former CEO of Norwegian Cruise Line, for his valuable insights into the cruise industry today. Thanks also to Ketta Riley, Gerrit's practice lead for our travel and hospitality vertical, and a former Cruise Line executive herself. Technical production for Ahead of the Curve by Dave Grine and the Acme Podcasting Company in Toronto. I'm Chris Henry. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again.